my name is Paul Mansfield, and uh, I am one of the youth leaders here at uh, the church. And it's just great to be able to come and speak with you here today and uh, get into God's Word. Uh, I was uh, a little nervous to be up here um, when Pastor Jared asked me to come preach for him. But uh, then I just I thought about the, the last time I was on stage for y'all. And uh, that was the passion play that we had uh, this, past, uh, this past Easter. Uh, the, and uh, yeah, so Bud, Bud talks to me about being in the play. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I, can, I can definitely be in this play for you. And uh, so this play is about the, basically the life of Jesus Christ going into his ministry, his death, and resurrection. And so I was like, yeah, Bud, uh, I'll be glad to help. What's the, what's the role for me? It's like, you're going to be a thief on the cross. <laughs> okay, yeah, all right. not a problem, not a problem. And I, was, and I, I, came, I couldn't come to any of the practices due to, due to work or to schooling and, and like that. So I came the first night of performance, and I was like, all right, Bud, so uh, what, what's the plan here? And he's like, well, you're going to wear this little outfit right here. And you're going to get on a cross up there and hang there for the entire scene. I was like, all right. So I, 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 I got out there. I was nervous, and I got up on that cross. And the cross, I'm hanging there with my two fingers on these little, this little platform with my, with, my, with my feet. And the whole time, I'm glad that we we're in the, in the dark a little bit because the whole time I'm just like just shaking. My, my whole body just to take all the strength that I had just to hold up there. And uh, we had lines to speak, and, um, you know, we're, we're basically we're yelling out to, to Christ about saving us, and, you know, if he is the Christ, you know, save himself and all like that. And so I'm just, I'm yelling at my lines, and there's, like, deep, deep breaths in between every, every one of my words. And uh, people come up to me later, and they're like, man, you sounded amazing on that cross. I really, I really felt just that you were in pain. I was like, because I was in pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then going the second night, I was like, God, how am I going to do this the second night? I have nothing left in me. I have no strength to be on that cross another night. And then I realized, you know what? I'm going to pray to God. God, I'm going to go out there. Lord, just fill me with your strength. Help me to do this. And luckily, I stayed up there until the last light went. I just dropped. So just by the, by the grace of God, I stayed up there the whole time. And, and that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at... Um, why do we sometimes rely on ourselves and not God? Why do we do that? You know, God will give grace and assurance to those that are in need. He'll give his strength to those that are in need. And today we're going to look at a story uh, from actually Genesis, going all the way back into the Old Testament to the first book of the Bible, Genesis 28. And it's probably a story that many of you know from, from Sunday school and, and all like that. It's, we're looking at the, the dream of Jacob. Jacob and his ladder. <clears throat> so to kind of give you a little background to, to where we are to this point, uh, Jacob and his, Jacob's the younger brother. He has an older brother named Esau, and they're the sons of Isaac. Now Isaac is supposed to give the blessing of the person that's supposed to carry on um, kind of the, f- the future generations, give the blessing as the, the next leader. And... Uh, you know, Esau, being the older son, is supposed to be the one that gets granted this, um, this honor. But Jacob, through a little deception, he tricks his father to giving him the blessing. He gains the blessing that's supposed to go to like, the firstborn, and he gets the blessing to be the father of the, the next generations and the leader of the next generations. And so that's where we're picking up is right after the deception, and we're picking up 
um, in chapter 28, and we're, we're going to cover the entire chapter, so it's a little bit of a, little bit of a longer section. Um, but uh, if, if, you were, if you would, in respect for, for this being God's word, if we would just all stand as we read this together. All right. So starting in verse 1, it says, Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and directed him, You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. Arise and go to Padan Ram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessings of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you, that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. Thus Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Padamaram to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. Now Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padamaram to take a wife. From there, and that as he blessed him, he directed him, You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. And that Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and gone to Padamaram. So when Esau saw that the Canaanite women do not please Isaac his father, Esau went to Ishmael and took as his wife, besides the wives he had, Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebuchadnezzar. Jacob, now this is getting into the dream here. Jacob left Bathsheba and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night, because the sun had set, taking one of the stones of the place he put under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and to your offspring." Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for the name of that place, Bethel, but the name of the city was already Luz at first. And Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, I will give my, and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear, so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God, and this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. Thank you. You may be seated. So we've picked up after the deception of Jacob getting the honor from his father, the blessing from his father, the one that he was given from Abraham. And now we're seeing the outcome of this deception, the lie that he, that he told to receive the blessing of the firstborn. And we see that God appears to Jacob in a vision. And there's something amazing, a ladder that connects heaven to earth. Now we'll see, what does this mean? How does Jacob respond? How should, how should we respond to this event? And I hope that today, that, that through this passage, and, and, uh, that we can realize that this Old Testament narrative can still relate to us today. That we can still see ways of seeing and feeling and receiving God's grace and assurance of his love and support. So now let's kind of go back, back through the passage and kind of break it down. And I, I found what I believe to be our four reasons to rely on God and not on our own strength. 
So the first reason comes to the first five verses is God can use people to guide others. God can use people to guide others. Now, a little bit about myself. Uh, I graduated from high school in 2007, and that's dating me a little bit. So I graduated in 2007. Now, my, my plan, I didn't really have a full plan when I was going to graduate. I was, you know, was going to say, you know, maybe I'll go to a two-year community college, maybe transfer into a four-year university later, you know, help with the price and, and tuition. And, but honestly, I was just I was kind of scared. I was a little afraid. I was very comfortable where I was with my friends and how you know, we're in a you know, usual routine, and I, I didn't want to leave that. You know? But honestly, I, it wasn't the best place for me. You know, I had some I had some good friends. I still went to church, um, but I don't believe my faith was where it was that the level it should have been. And some of the friends I hung out with, they weren't the the greatest role models or influences on my life. And God knew this, even if I didn't want to recognize it. So one day I was I think I was out shopping with my mom because I usually go grocery shopping with my mom because she usually buy me something you know because you know she loves me. Um, but I went grocery shopping with her one day, and she's like, you know, why don't you apply to a Ford University? Just, just, you know, just apply, go see it, see how you feel about it, and if ultimately, if, if you feel like that's a place you want to be, your father and I will help you, you know, help you get there. We'll help you with the tuition, with the fee. And so I applied to Appalachian State University, I went and toured there, loved it, would love to go back eventually, um, and it was a great place. I mean, I met my wife there, and I met tons of lifelong friends there, and honestly, it was a place where I saw God working. It was a place that I found that I could grow in my own spirituality and seek God more. And as God used my mother and my father to guide me to a place that I could seek him more, that's exactly, what, that's exactly what God's doing with Jacob right now. He's using Jacob's mother and father right now to guide him. Okay? So he's got this blessing that his older brother should have. And it's evident in the scripture that Esau, his older brother, is livid. Okay? He is just mad and angry. And he actually threatens to harm, physically harm, and possibly kill his younger brother. Now, his mom, Isaac's mom, not Isaac, sorry, Jacob's mom, Rebecca, could see this. And she wanted her son to be protected. And she didn't know, she probably didn't know how to do that exactly. So I believe the Lord worked through her. And she used a little bit of wisdom here. So Isaac's the head of the family. You know, the head of the family has the final say. And he's the husband. But then, you know, the wife has a little thing she can do. So the, the wife is the neck, right? She's the neck of the household. And you know, the father says this, but the wife can like, you know, how about this? Let's, let's turn that this way. Okay, so, you know, she, she kind of helps Isaac along and, and says, you know, let's send Jacob out to find a wife. Let's, send, let's get him out of here. Let's, let's get him away. And she, she pulled from her experience with Esau's wife because uh, Esau had actually married a Hittite wife. And back in chapter 26, verses 30, 34 to 35, it says that they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. So she knew if Jacob stayed here, that he would probably follow in his brother's footsteps and marry a wife that would just be cruel and mean to them. And they're like, you know, let's use that. Let's push him out to find a wife someplace else. 
So Isaac blessed Jacob and sent him out, sent him to another land to find a wife. And I believe that this was God ultimately guiding him to a place where God wanted Jacob to be so that he could see, see his glory and see his grace. Now, why, why is this important today that we, that we see that God puts people in our lives to guide us? I believe it's important to see that the Lord is working and guiding us to him. His grace is abounding, and he wants us to seek after him. The Lord wants us to seek after him. You know, he doesn't want us to just sit there and be comfortable and just, oh, you know, one day we'll, we'll feel the, the grace of God. No, he wants us to go out there and find him. He wants us to seek after him. And a lot of times, sin causes us to stumble and lose our way. You know, we could be caught up in a lie that caused a great deal of drama. Uh, we could be in need of money, and that could just be on our minds and dragging us down. Um, or in the middle of a major life decision, like going off to college or getting married or anything like that. You know, anything can get into our minds and be dragged down. And we're like, you know, what are we going to do? But no matter, no matter the situation, we should not lose confidence in that the Lord, in his, in his unfathomable grace, is working to give us an answer, teach us a lesson, or guide us to a place that we see him more. We see him greater in our lives. Being in prayer and thought over God's word can help us better hear the Lord and see people working in our lives. The more we're in prayer, the more that we can see the decisions and understand where God is guiding us. So it's important to always stay in prayer and be in communication with our Lord. We must not forget that he is working through all things and wants us to seek after him. So now that, now that we can look back and see people that the Lord has led to us that we may you know, maybe guided to see him more and seek after him, the next reason I think ties kind of directly into this one. And it looks at why he uses others, why God would send others to help us. And the second reason is we cannot fix our problems with our own strength. We cannot, we cannot fix our problems with our own strength. Uh, now, my, wife, my wife's there. You know, she's the one up here uh, just singing. We've been married for almost four years now. And I've learned a, learned a few things uh, through our marriage. And I was going to you know, share a little kind of wisdom with you, maybe with the young guys out here, their wives, or, you know, or even sharing with those who have been married for years, hope, you know, hoping that we can, you know, share the same things that we've learned together. So I've learned as a husband or as a, as a man in general, we can say dumb things, okay? We, yeah, <laughs> got an amen already. I figured my wife would say amen, but you know, it's all right. But yes, we can say dumb things. We can say it without thinking through it. And a lot of times, uh, you know, I found throughout the years, you know, Sarah can get frustrated or something because I say it, and I don't even think about how, she, you know, it, it affects her, and she'll just, she'll just shut down and just, you know, just keep to herself. But, uh, you know, being the man I am, I want to fix the problem right away and get her to talk. But, no, she wants, you know, time to think, time to, to process. But what I do, it's like, no, come on, talk, talk to me, talk to me, come on. What's the problem? And she would just get madder. She would just get so mad. I'm like, I was, I'm just getting so frustrated. I'm like, what can I do to fix this? What, what do I do to make this better between us? And then, then it really clicked one day. I just realized I'm trying to do this on my own strength. I'm trying to carry and fix this marriage by myself. And ultimately, whose strength should I rely on? 
the one who brought us together, God. Now, I realize that through being in prayer, being in devotion to his word, and being in communication with Sarah about our prayer, about our, about our reading of scripture and what we're reading, what we're teaching, and it really drew us together, and I could see that it's really on God's grace and God's power that, I am, that we're able to have a very healthy marriage, healthy relationship, healthy friendship. Now we see this in the next verses where Esau, we, we kind of get his point of view. Okay, So Isaac just sent Jacob out with a blessing and said, go to this place and find a wife. Now he says, okay, my father just sent my little brother out. What can I do to kind of get back in his, getting back in his graces, get back on my father's good side? And you know, so, so one thing is, first off, Esau already has a wife. That's a whole other issue you know, that God would not look, look good upon. But he tried to fix the problem on his own self. He knows, okay? He knows. It says that he understood that the Canaanite and Hittite women did not please his mother and father. Esau knew this, okay? But he still married a Hittite woman. Now, without even consulting Isaac, consulting his mother, he went out and married some, somebody else, Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael. Now, we don't see anything further in Scripture about if Esau gained respect from his father again, but this marriage definitely did not get the respect from his father again. You know, I believe that Esau was, you know, he wanted praise. He wanted the acknowledgement because his brother had got, you know, the respect and got the blessing that was due to him. So I think he was just blinded by that. He wanted the acknowledgement from his father. And that ultimately hindered him from knowing, hey, what should I do? I should pray to the one true father. Pray to him to guide me, to give me the answer, to show me, to send someone my way, maybe father, mother, friend, anybody to tell me what should I do to get in good graces again. So this, this, failed, you know, this, this failed to produce any sort of blessing from either his earthly father or from his heavenly father. And uh, I, got, I got this quote from uh, Derek Kidner. He wrote a commentary on Genesis, and uh, he focused a lot on the decision of uh, Esau here. He says, Like most religious efforts of the natural man, this was superficial and ill-judged. Ill-judged. It is important for us to realize today that we need to ask for advice. We need to ask for help. Okay, if we try and do it all on our own, we're just going to fail. God's grace can be our guide and help us find the blessing that we seek. And a lot of times, we let ourselves get in the way. We let our hearts and minds get, you know, diluted with just garbage, and we just block our own way. So just be open to receiving God's grace. You know, it's really important that we, that we look into our own lives right now. Have, have there been any rash decisions made? You know, financially, spiritually, you know, anything like that, just off the cuff like that, and seeing that there's been bad results, you know, still a little lost, didn't help, you know, what do we do? We need to learn that taking into our own hands, depending on our own strength, is futile. You know, in the long run, it does not produce, okay? 
The only way that we will ever truly gain the blessing that we need in our seeking is to realize that we need the grace and mercy of our almighty God. God will provide the grace we need, and if we truly open our hearts, believe it, and desire it, then we will truly see and feel his grace upon us. Now, we've seen that God uses others to guide us to a place that we can seek him better, feel him more in our lives. And he does this because we cannot rely on our own strength. Now, what is this a picture of ultimately? Okay. I believe this is God's grace. This entire thing I'm talking about is a picture of God's grace. And that brings us to the third reason we are to rely on God, is God reveals his grace to his followers. Now, one of, one of my things is I, I love movies. Okay? If, if you ever come talk to me, anything, I probably throw out movie quotes, you know, saying, oh, this, have you seen this movie? It's awesome. You know, I love movies. And one of my favorites uh, from back when I was growing up is the Disney animated movie The Lion King. Okay, who's seen The Lion King? Yeah? Love, love The Lion King. I actually can remember seeing it in theaters. Like, it was just, it was a great thing. So for those that have seen it or haven't seen it, I'll do a little refresher. So the main character is Simba. That's the, the name of the movie is Lion King. He's a lion. So that's, that's the point of the movie. He's Simba, he's the son of the king of the pride of lions. Now one day, uh, he gets, his father is killed. Okay, in a terrible accident, his father, the leader, uh, named Mufasa, is killed. Now Simba is kind of framed to take the blame for this death. So he runs off and leaves his people. Okay, he runs off and he leaves his people. But then years later, one of his friends finds him from childhood. And, you know, she's like, you know, we're in danger. We need your help. You know, it's, you know, your, your, your evil uncle has taken over and we, we need you to come back and save the day. And he's just, no, I can't. No, I'm still at blame for my father. And, you know, I'm weak. I can't do this. Uh, so one night, Simba's you know, out in the field, and uh, this mysterious kind of cloud appears, appears in the sky. And the cloud kind of makes the shape of a lion. Now, the voice of Mufasa was James Earl Jones. So I extremely remember this deep voice just coming out and talking to Simba, and it says, Simba, have you forgotten me? And you know, Simba's like... Well, you know, Father, is this, is this truly you? And so he, he's talking to his son, giving him encouragement. And he says, you know, Simba, you know, have you forgotten me? You know, I, I'm your father. I, have, I, I taught you. I showed you how to be a rightful king. You know, have you forgotten that? Have you forgotten what I've told you? And then you know, I, always, I always remember the line. He says, you know, Simba, you know, I will always be with you and remember who you are. You are my son. And it was, just, it was a powerful line. And, you, and you, you just see the emotion on Simba's face just of his father giving him this encouragement. And ultimately, seeing his father and being told this, he runs off and he saves the day and he becomes the rightful king of the pride of lions. And it's all happy. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> but so, I just think that, that, that's, that's a great example of what we see here with Jacob. Jacob right now is in a very tough spot. Okay, he just he lied and tricked his father, and especially in Old Old Testament times, this could be you know punishable even by death or you know by just strict punishment. 
and he's sent off to find a wife, and he's by himself. Okay, he has no servants, no animals, no nothing. He has the clothes on his back and probably whatever supplies he took. So he's by himself. Now, he, it says he stops for the night. That's probably pretty important because if he travels at night, it's pretty dangerous with bandits and animals that can attack him. So he's like, you know, I'm probably going to crash here, find a nice soft rock, you know, very, very cushiony. You know, no holiday ends with, you know, soft, warm beds, but, you know, nice, nice rock. Yeah, there we go. Um, but so then he begins to dream. Okay, he, he falls asleep, amazingly, in the middle of nowhere, and he starts to dream. Now, especially in the Old Testament, the Lord uses things such as dreams or signs or prophets to speak to his people. You know, a lot of times today, you know, he doesn't come around and speak to us, and even then he doesn't always come around and just talk to us. He uses dreams, people, anything like that to speak to us. Now, in this particular dream, Jacob sees a ladder, right? The whole you know, we're climbing Jacob's ladder, you know, the, the, whole, the old song. I never heard the song. My mom started singing it to me. I'm like, what are you singing? But, but, yeah, so he sees a ladder, and on this ladder he sees angels, right? He sees angels going from heaven to earth, back and forth, and there's great debate over who these angels are. You know, it, it, it could be angels that are traveling with him to protect and watching over him. You know, some believe that they're doing other missions on earth. And uh, even others believed, in different commentaries that I read, others believed that they represent nations that, will, that would have power over Jacob and his descendants. Okay? But I'm like, I think you're thinking a little bit too hard here, people. Because ultimately the main focus of the dream, I believe, comes in verse 13. Verse, verse 13 says, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. So the, the, main, the main focus here is, this is God. You know, he's standing at the top of the ladder and says, Jacob, I am the God of your father, God of Abraham. This land that you lay on, this is my land that I will give to you. And the Lord himself appeared, just like Mufasa to his son Simba appeared and said, I'll always be with you. The Lord told Jacob, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And it's important that we realize that that God showed Jacob grace in appearing to him and giving him the assurance of grace. Now, Jacob was a sinner. He lied to his father. He was deceitful. He was a trickster. You know? Jacob was not deserving of any kind of grace. He was deserving of punishment, even death. But God granted him grace in his time of need. The Lord knows what we need and when we need it. Okay, we, we may want things, we may say, God, I want this now, I need this now. But we're not the deciding factor. God knows what we need when we need it. And he knew that Jacob needed his grace. He knew that this place was where he was going to speak to Jacob and show him this great image. Now, even if we're not fully seeking, because Jacob here was not seeking the Lord at all. He was afraid. You know, he was being sent off. He was not seeking the Lord. Even if we're not seeking the Lord, the Lord will speak to us and show us this is where we need to be right here. You need to be seeking after me right here. This is where you need to be. This is how you need to be. 
He will continue to provide his grace to his people, and his will shall be done. You know, it's not his, his will might be done, it's his will shall be done. Today we're so disconnected, okay? disconnected from prayer, from scripture, from our spiritual walks, that we may be missing the Lord attempting to communicate with us. You know, we're all wrapped up in you know, things like our phones. You know, we have the internet, touch of a button right here. You know, on our, on, my phone's back there. But you know, my pocket usually is my phone. I have the internet, just pull it up, you know, text, oh, hey, you know, send a selfie. What's, oh, hey, you know. We're all interested in what other people are doing in the world that we're not paying attention to what God is doing in our life. Rather than reading or reading our scripture, even taking ten minutes out of the day to pray, you know, we're just like you know, I, I don't I don't have time. You know, I'm so busy from work. I just want to sit here on the couch, just relax, turn on TV, Netflix, you know, something, a ball game. I just, I just want to relax. But we need to take time out of our day, out of our just busy lives. Just take five minutes, ten minutes to pray to our God that we are following him and we are seeking after him in all that we do. We need to be in communication with our Lord through prayer, asking him to please speak to us to help our hearts to be open to his grace and assurance of his love. <clears throat> so up to this point, we have seen that God reveals his grace to us. One way is through sending others to guide us to a place to where we seek him more, that we are just dedicated to him. And he does this because we cannot fix our problems with our own strength. Now the final reason that we should rely on God is God and his grace are worthy of our fear and praise. It is worthy of our fear and our praise. So uh, getting... Getting to know Sarah and dating her, I, I, met, I met her father, and he, he, he's really like, he likes the old movies, right? He loves the westerns, you know, he, he loves all the kind of movies like that, and one, one of the biggest actors of that time was John Wayne. You know, who, who knows who John Wayne is? Yeah, yeah, he was, he was the real American, you know, hero. He was, he was the man. You know, he was, he was fighting, shooting, and always, you know, always getting the girl, you know. He always he always did that. You know, if if I if I were ever to to you know be able to meet him, you know, I'd probably feel that I could never match up to him. You know, you know I can never give him you know you know the, you know the kind of praise of how awesome he was at punching people out. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm weak. You know, I don't fight people. This this guy, he's he's legit. You know, he has the whole he has the walk going on. <laughs> You know, he, he has it down. You know, I, I don't think I could ever do that. I mean, he's, he's just awesome. You know, I'd be a little scared to, to talk to him. You know, he might, he might see me as, as an annoying guy just, just trying to get him, you know, kind of riled up. Or he might see me as a pushover and not, not worthy of his time. I would approach him with, with fear of all these things, but also just knowing how awesome he is just because, you know, he's John Wayne. I wouldn't just rush into direct confrontation with him. We should have this kind of same approach when we, when we come before the Lord. Okay? Verse 17 is a great picture of how someone should respond when they are coming before the Lord and have experienced something from God. 
So verse 17 is Jacob just awoke from the dream. He saw God at the top of the ladder, and Jacob's awaking from the dream. He says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Sure, the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And 17, And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And he was afraid. He just saw this amazing thing from God, and he's afraid. Why was he he afraid? If God said he would be with you and would keep you wherever you went, would you be afraid? I believe Jacob believed that if, if God, if a God such as his God, the one that he worshiped, could create a way for angels to travel between planes, between heaven and earth, and he governed everything, could he not just as easily take it all away? You know, he is the creator. His will will be done. Could it not just be all, boom. He has the power. Jacob, after waking up, set up a place to worship, to honor this encounter with the Lord, and to praise him. He moves past his fear, but it's, you know, it's a healthy fear, because he has reverent respect for his Lord. Because you know, He has ultimate power, but yeah, I'm going to praise him and love him because of that. He moves past his healthy fear of the Lord and begins to worship and praise him. You know, why, is it, why is this important today? I believe that we come to church and sing and lift praises to God. You know, God's awesome. We love God. He's doing amazing things in our life. But we do not have a healthy fear of our Lord. You know, yes, we are under the new covenant with God through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice with him. But I don't believe that changes the fact that we are his creation. We are his people. And that if, that if, we're, if it was his will, I'll be gone in a blink of an eye. You know, God is holding us in place, and it's by his power, by his great grace, that we are still alive today. We need to have a healthy fear of our Lord, but also properly praise him for what he is doing in our lives. It's important to be in prayer communication with others about seeking the balance between accepting and prospering in the grace of our Lord, but also having that fear. We should also seek to worship as Jacob did and declare the greatness of our Lord like Jacob did. But there's one thing that Jacob did that we should definitely do differently. One thing we need to remember about a lot of these Old Testament people, the the early fathers of the church, are they're not the perfect role models. Okay? They're people that we learn from. We see it, we remember it, and we learn from it. We see that Jacob is deceitful. He's a liar. You know, that's not something we should do, right? But then after he wakes up and he says, you know, how awesome is God? He's afraid. I'm going to worship him. In verse 20 it says, Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, and the Lord shall be my God, and this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth. So he says, if God will be with me and will give me these things, then you will be my God. You know, that's, he's trying to negotiate kind of with God. 
You know, if God, if you give me this, if you truly stay with me, if you give me back to this place safely, like you said you will, you will be my God. You know? Well, God kind of changed it up on Jacob. Got him there a lot longer than he thought of and got him to, you know, a different way that he thought. Would Jacob then say, oh God, you didn't give me the bread, so sorry, you're not my God anymore. No, we don't need to negotiate with God. Okay? We should have our faith should not be based on if God did this, then I'll follow him standard. Okay? We should be confident in the fact that the Lord will have his will done and no matter what it is, no matter to what we want, we should follow the Lord only relying on his grace to satisfy us through our lives. Okay? There shouldn't be if then be like, I know God will do this and I will love him no matter what. Before you, before you come to church next week or, you know, Wednesday night, anything, ask yourself if you are just going through the motions, okay? Or are you truly praising God? If you find that you are not, ask yourself if you're becoming too comfortable not fearing the Lord. You know, too comfortable, you know, sitting, you know, we sit here in the pews, we hear the scripture, and we go home, and we live, you know, worldly lives. We don't even think about what we learned on Sunday we don't think about what we, what we read in Scripture. We'll forget it and come back and say, oh, you know, great sermon, Pastor. What's the new one this week? You know, what's new? You know, pray that the Lord reveal in your heart an area that needs his grace to come in and heal. I feel that many people today are relying on their own strength and not being humble enough to fear the Lord that created them. Okay? We have a relationship with the Creator, the God who knew us before we were in our mother's wombs. He knew every hair in our head. But yet, we don't fear His mighty power, His justice. You know, we just want to focus on the good things, you know, on His grace. Which is also, it's awesome, but we've got to have that healthy fear. <clears throat> we need to continue to dive into Scriptures and read about the Lord's grace that he grants to his people, but also have a healthy fear of his divine justice that he enacts upon the world. <clears throat> now, I believe, you know, I believe truly that, that to truly feel and receive the grace of God, we must rely on the new ladder between heaven and earth. You know, he showed a dream to Jacob about a ladder that connects heaven to earth. Now, that was representation. That pointed to somebody. And who that pointed to? That pointed to the new ladder, to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our connection from heaven to earth. It says in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 50 through 51, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending, ascending and descending on the Son of Man, on Jesus Christ. He is that connection. Through him is the only way to heaven, and through him is the only way to fully feel the grace and assurance of love and guidance from the Heavenly Father. We must remember in our times of need of distraction or of sin that we have a Savior in Jesus Christ. And we, have a, we have someone that we can turn to for grace, for strength. <clears throat> through him we are given strength and blessing, so we, not, we are not needing to rely on our own power. 
Through Jesus Christ, the ladder that connects heaven to earth and communication with God will always be open to his believers. Okay, we don't, we don't have to set up little pillars to you know, burn sacrifices and incense to speak to our God. We have a connection to where just, he knows our thoughts. We just, like, God, Lord, what do I do? It's because of that sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You know, we have that loving connection with God. Do not rely on yourself and lose assurance in the grace of God. God has provided his grace and assurance to those in need through the ultimate sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. One person that I always think about um, when I think about relying on the Lord and assurance of his grace uh, is my grandmother. Okay, I call her Mimi. You know, she's, she's awesome. She's always been there. And uh, I can remember, as far back as I can remember, she's always, I wake up in the morning, and she's sitting at a table drinking her cup of coffee, and she's reading scripture, and she's praying to the Lord. And she's done that as far back as I can remember. Uh, she was married to my grandfather for many years. He was a Southern Baptist preacher, and uh, they were always very loving, very strong, and sending us little devotions. You know, he was the one that baptized me, and there's always... Uh, always there. Uh, so in high school, my senior year of high school, uh, my grandfather died of cancer. And this is hard on all of us. It was. My grandmother, was, you can see it was hard on her. But she pushed through it. Okay. She is still teaching and speaking wherever she can, to whoever she can, about the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Even after losing her husband, her best friend, for many years, she's still teaching and preaching. Through her example, I can see that God sent her to help guide me to him. I can see that she does not rely on her own strength, but on the Lord's. I can see how God has revealed his grace to her and to myself. And I have seen someone who truly fears and praises the Lord. So uh, after um, that, I want to leave you with, with this challenge. Okay, look, look, into your, look into your lives and see if you're truly fearing and honoring the Lord. See if you have you know, if you have that connection with the Lord, if you can see that in your life. If not, then I challenge you to go to the Lord in prayer and seek after his grace. You know, it might be hard. You know, the Lord might have to take something away. You know, he might have to make an example for you to follow. It might be difficult. Yeah. But following Jesus, living the life that we should be leaving, living, is not easy. You know, it's not easily traveled. But his ultimate grace will be given to us and will be upon us. And ultimately our reward will be, be with him and Jesus Christ. So pray that he may help guide you to a place that will help you want to seek that, to want to seek after him. So, Let's pray over 